Welcome, everybody, to another edition of the Fly Racing Racerex podcast. This is the Denver Supercross Review. Hey, Racetech, Pulp 23 is the code to save with Racetech. Uh, they don't just do Supercross and Motocross. They also do off-road. Cody Webb, Cooper Abbott, Factory Sherco guys recently switched to Racetech as a suspension of choice wherever they line up. So if you're an off-road guy, GNCC, Enduro Cross, Hard Enduro, whatever, Racetech can have you dialed in. And uh, if you're not, get use the code. Save some money. Get your motor work done. Get suspension work done at Racetech, Racetech.com. All right, on to the show. A Pulp MX Network production. Welcome to the Fly Racing Steve Mathis Show presented by Maxxis Tires, Renthal, Motosport.com, and Kuba Links on RacerXOnline.com. With your continuing gracious support of our sponsors, we're thriving at over 1,800 podcasts delivered with over 20 million downloads. Click the Amazon banner on Pulp MX to help us out. Donate via Patreon if it suits you. And as always, enrich your moto lifestyle by working with the sponsors who support us. The original Moto Podcast, featuring legends of the past, stars of today, season previews, race reviews, introspection, opinion, facts, and laughs. Here's the voice bringing it all to you, Steve Mathis. Welcome, everybody, to the Fly Racing Racer X podcast, the Denver Supercross Review. Wow. Lots to get into when it comes to this race, and I don't even know if uh, we're going to be able to cover everything uh, from the live show to the LCQ Challenge to Weegis Kid to the actual nuttiness of the race. And poor Eli Tomek and the Star Guys, man, I really feel for him. It, uh, it sucks. And uh, definitely, look, Chase Sexton deserves this title. There's no backing into it. Uh, none of that. He's been the fastest guy, but you really got to feel for Tomek and and then the crew. Uh, I've been there as a as a mechanic before. So thank you to the folks at Fly Racing, flyracing.com. Get it at your local dealer. Get it at motorsport.com. And, uh, yeah, whether it's Kinetic Mesh, whether it is the uh, Evo, whether it's the Patrol, off-road stuff, the Formula Helmet, they uh, make some really great stuff. And uh, they have styles and colors and, and prices to suit everybody. Flyracing.com, a complete line of casual wear as well. And uh, thanks to those guys. RJ Hampshire winning the 250 race in Fly Racing. Chiz, hole shotting. Fly Racing. Thank you to those guys. Thank you, of course, to Maxxis Tires. They support the uh, sport in a number of ways and off-road uh, UTV stuff. They are great in light truck tires, trailer tires, mountain bike tires are amazing. Um, I use the Minion ones, and they got the MXSTs dirt bike tires as well. So check out Maxxis for dirt bike tires if you haven't thought about them for a while because they've got some really, really great stuff. And, uh, yeah, Maxxis.com for more information on that. And, of course, Renthal. Uh, Adam Cien Cirillo making the podium in his Renthal bars. And, of course, Sexton and Roxon. Oh, hey, look, they swept. Renthal swept Denver. Just putting that all together right now. Renthal.com made over there in the U.K. Sprockets, bars, chains. Renthal.com supporting Factory Honda for a long, long time. Factory Kawasaki, Red Bull KTM, Gas Gas, all of those guys. The top teams use Renthal. You can see it so you know that they're super good quality. And, uh, yeah, really good craftsmanship over there in the U.S., UK, I should say, and they have more titles than all the other brands combined as well. So thank you to the folks at Rental. They got it all. Great website, informative, all of that. Cobalt Links and Motorsport.com, we will tell you more about later uh, here on the show. But here's JT and Weege to talk about Denver and more. All right, now to talk about Denver and everything that happened on and off the track. So much to get to. 
Um, let's get the uh, let's get right to it. First up from uh, Racer X Online and Racer X Magazine. His son was in the KJSC this weekend. He was uh, uh, not even paying attention to the rail races. He was just trying to take his son to new heights. It's Jason Wygant. What's up, Weech? Yeah, I can't believe I can't. Uh, yeah, this is a weekend for the ages. We this might be a four-hour podcast by the time we're done. Uh, I can't believe my wife just said no. Please, not a four-hour podcast. So okay, that's over. Okay. But um, yeah, it was amazing. It was a great experience. Uh, my little guy back here, Lane, um, did. I mean, where my expectations were, or what my hopes were, this was exceeded that with sixth. He was on the board at times in qualifying. Uh, he was in the battle. I mean, he was close. Mm -hmm. um, it was, it was uh, way better than I would have done in anything like this. So uh, it was a huge win. I'm super proud of the guy. Of course, he wanted more laps because he wanted to get top five or podium or win. Um, we'll get to that later, his uh, reaction to all this. But, uh, yes, it was epic. It was awesome, better than I thought, and I'm proud. All right, perfect. Uh, also on the line from Fly Racing, flyracing.com. Get it at motorsport.com or your local dealer. It's Jason Thomas. What's up, JT? Not too much. Uh, I thought we were going to go into a non-eventful weekend. I honestly thought it was going to be really straightforward, kind of boring, and uh, that was not the case. We had an LCQ challenge race on Friday. We had a live show. We got Lane Wygant. We got the drama in both classes. Yeah, lots to get into. Uh, it was a really great night of racing in the 250 class, and the 450s was just nuts, just insane. Um, yeah, I, I still like. I'm sitting on a plane this morning, and I'm just like, I, what? Did that really happen? Uh, it might be the last time we see Eli Tomac ever on a racetrack again. Um, he's he's not going to win this championship, most likely. Uh, and Chase Sexton will, and Eli and Cooper Webb was out last weekend. Otherwise. He would be most likely. It's just, Weege, I don't know where to start. I guess Achilles tendon tears in moto, not very common. What? I know. I know. That makes it, yeah, what angle do you attack this from? Is it just from the, the statistical standpoint of, I don't believe anyone has jumped from third to first in points in the final two weeks of the season. That's what Sexton's going to do. And by the way, it breaks this long, Honda's going to win a 450 title. Yeah. Honda's going to win a yeah. 450 super, like, in the press conference could not he said it's really hard to comprehend all this he's not celebrating as if he's champion he technically is not but he will be because Tomac's not racing this weekend and Tomac's the only one that mathematically could beat him so Honda's curse will end Chase Sexton's season of disappointment and so many crashes will end with winning the title because he jumped two proven champions in the final two weeks which has never happened but honestly yeah, I'm not sure that's the bigger thing. It's the craziness of how it ended. On a routine jump, doing nothing wrong, Tomac gets an injury that we have virtually never heard of in the sport at his home race while with the title on ice. And yes, it could be the end of his career. That's even bigger than the freaking crazy math. I'll tell you what, JT. I put myself, I was on teams for a number of years. I was at Steel City when Langston's wheel blew up. I was on KTM and I was on Yamaha when Chad won a Supercross title. I instantly, and I tweeted this out too, I put myself in the shoes, not of Tomac and not of Sexton, but of the team people from Jeremy Coker to, to Jelly, the mechanic, to, to, to Zimmerman, to, uh, Sexton's mechanic, to Lars, to the teams, to the swing of emotions, to the parents, to the families. It's just, 
Like, that's how quick it turned. And you're just sitting back and going, holy shit. Wow. Yeah, so I had the I had a unique perspective on this because I was uh, doing much the similar role that Jason Wygant did in East Rutherford. So I was out in the pits when this is all kind of going down. And uh, I, so when news broke, I was walking behind. I say with because it wasn't like we were hanging out, but I was walking behind with Jet Lawrence and uh, some camera crew to Honda to film his celebration at Honda, right? So we can hear the race call and what's going on from, from Dan Hubbard. So we're walking, walking. You can hear, like, I, I knew Tomac got to the lead because I heard the crowd go crazy. So I'm like, I, I'm just associating that with him going to the lead. And then I hear, like, panic. I hear Dan screaming about his bike is broken. And, and obviously Dan was mistaken there. He didn't know what was going on yet. No one did. But I tell, like, Jet's kind of in his own world. I think he's just kind of soaking in this championship, walking by himself. And I'm like, something just happened to Tomac. His bike's broken. Like, he's stopped. And Jet just off running towards Honda. So we all take off running, too. I, and I was there, and you could, like, see the Honda people that were there, the, that emotion. And then I'm like, okay, I need to go to Yamaha and see what's going on over there. Because I didn't know yet that he had gone to the Alpine stars truck. I didn't know what was happening. I, I, if, I figured if he's hurt, he's coming back to, you know, if not severely hurt, he's going to go back to the Yamaha truck. So they start slowly coming back and the contrast, just like you're speaking about between what Honda was going through. They just won a 250 title coming off the back of winning a 250 title in Nashville. Now it looks like they have a great chance of winning this 450 title. And this is before we know the extent of the injury. Contrast that to the level of somberness. I don't know if that's a word at Yamaha. It was wild. And, you know, I, I don't have a place in this. I'm just a, a witness to it, but it was, it was crazy, you know, and yes, the riders, this is so much affects them and so much work, but to your point, the level of uh, involvement that these people felt emotionally was, yeah, it was crazy, crazy to just sit there and watch. And like Weeds, you said, just a routine jump, nothing wrong. I thought his bike broke. I thought his bike yeah, broke. Yeah, I thought so too. Yeah, I was. Uh, well, yeah. another thing I want to give Tomek credit for, not only is the Achilles rare, but we definitely weren't suspecting that, first of all, because it doesn't happen in this sport very often. But second of all, we have seen in other sports, you and I, you know, we all watch football, basketball, things like that, where that injury does happen. When a dude ruptures his Achilles, it is like he's shot, Right. They are down on the ground, writhing in pain. We've all heard that like you can literally feel your calf muscle rolling up on the back of your leg, which sounds horrid, right? So how stoic and gnarly and tough is Tomac to just be routinely riding off? It didn't even look like he was in pain, so we couldn't even ascertain what was wrong because he wasn't screaming, he wasn't laying down, he wasn't, you know, riders will hold their boot even though that doesn't do anything because the boot's covering your leg, but he wasn't even doing that. He just rode off with his foot off the peg. So I don't think we could suspect it was that level of injury. How tough is Eli Tomac to have dealt with this? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I kind of heard through the grapevine from somebody that would know that it wasn't as bad as they thought. So I don't know. Like, I don't see him racing. Maybe there's a partial tear. 
Uh, you know, but it's, he, I mean, you know, for uh, all intents and purposes, this championship. Is yeah, over, yeah, right? no, like, no. But I'm just saying, like, uh, yeah, of course. When you talk about the, the reaction to the pain, right? Yes, we want to be as healthy as possible. All of that goes without saying, but you yeah. know, for for what matters short term, it's it's over. It's unbelievable the swing and. Legacies in titles and millions of dollars. Yes. It, yes. It's just all right yep. there over, like you said, Weege, nothing, nothing wrong. Just a routine jump that he'd, yeah. d- he'd done a hundred times. Yep. And the only one th- factor, yeah. I was talking to our buddy Phil Nicoletti after the race, and he's like, I don't know, maybe, maybe he had, you know, I guess there's a chance that he had some sort of injury that we didn't know about that That's he was, was fighting too. through. Yeah. Right. I mean, JT, you've been around this game. You know, you know the secret injuries that we don't even know about. I mean, Achilles injuries. How many can you name that you've well, seen or yeah, heard of? Not, not many. But you do hear about you know uh, Achilles being super tight. A lot of times when you see NFL players suffer this injury, they had ha- been fighting tightness there before. Like it was there was a precursor. So it will be interesting to see if there was anything to it, or you know, when Eli finally decides is ready to talk about it, which I'm sure he will be eventually. Uh, if this was just out of the blue, which would be crazy. Like if it's just, he just over jumps, a, you know, step over tabletop, which was not a huge impact at all relatively. And this just popped, uh, man, that is, that's and then, crazy. And then you're Cooper Webb and you're sitting there and you're like, outside of a heat race mistake, you know, there was a simple wash of a front. Um, but like this wasn't, you know? this wouldn't be a give me to, to Webb. Like he would very likely still be in big trouble. Right now, well, it depends. Like I, I kind of went back and looked at the math of the points. Uh, I, um, I mean, depends how he does in the main event in uh, in Nashville. He's probably I top three. You know? believe, I personally don't believe he beats Sexton there, so he he still loses points either way, and it's still like it, it's not a give me. Like I saw people saying he's throwing up. Okay, yeah, like he did it, but it wasn't a give me. Like I, well, you you tell me what positions he gets at these past two rounds. And then we can do the points from there, but it's not like he would have just waltzed into this championship. He's he's either tied or maybe losing after those two races. I also want to point out, at least to me, it's a little different last week because Webb was in full attack, full send mode. Like he was in desperate. I have to make something happen. He went after Tomek on the first lap of a heat, which is not normally what you see from Webb. Uh, he goes down battling Tomac for the lead in a heat. So I feel like that was. A little bit more of like, dude, he was riding up the edge. He was going for it. He was trying to make things happen. And when you do that, you know, it's 50-50 that it's going to work out. Whereas this Tomac thing, I mean, Tomac literally said last week, I'm just aiming for podiums. Like, Tomac didn't even care if he won this race. And how many times, if you go back even earlier this year, Steve, how many times has Tomac had a rhythm that he was jumping that was odd and slower, but like, hey, it's safer? Yeah. Like, Tomac had taken so many steps all year, and then especially now. Yeah to mitigate the risk. So I I feel like Webb's deal last week was, well, I'm riding, you know, I'm going to push the envelope here because that's what I need to do to win this title, where Tomac was doing the exact opposite. Well, yeah, that the, makes us even weirder. The balls out, Eli, throttle on, break on, clutch in, uh, hasn't been there this year, right? Generally speaking. It's been fast and smooth and conservative, Eli, and taking wins when he can and, yeah, it's except it's, for like A two. Yeah, A two, you yeah. could say it was there. Um or A one. A two two. A two, yeah. the triple crown where he yeah. crashed out, crashed back. Um but yeah, generally it's been a not a just you know, I mean we all on this phone like I said something in my column about Sexton being the fastest 
rider this year. Fastest is different from best, right? And yep. there's no doubt that Sexton's the fastest rider this year, and Eli's been the fastest rider most years, and clearly Sexton has, has passed him in that level, but he was still the best rider because he had the, uh, the points lead and, and was making the least amount of mistakes. But, yeah, just absolutely stunning turn of events. For it to happen, for it to happen <laughs> on a jump like this is unbelievable. Like, this is nothing. Like, it, a jump over tabletop with a super mellow landing – is about as we just it's as easy as it gets yeah. at this level like for supercross that's about as easy as a jump as you're ever yeah. going to find the le- the most forgiving the least chance of something going wrong and for such a catastrophic injury uh, i don't know that i've ever seen anything like that i, I don't i'm trying to find something yeah. where i'm like that level of injury on something that basic somebody i know tore an achilles in moto and he got hit in the achilles by a front tire like in a turn, right? Like he's laying on the ground and a guy plowed into his Achilles into the back of his foot, you know, at speed and tore the Achilles. But like, you know, that, yeah, it's not a, it's not a basketball football thing where you're pushing off and you're, you're stretching and you know, all that stuff that happens. And it's just, it's nuts. Weege, I guess, I guess if there were podcasts in 1992, I mean, that was the final round, the, the Coliseum, but I guess this is what it was like just where it's like, oh yeah, it's just a given. Just a given, you know. And now we're here, and we're like, we're yeah, like, wait, uh, it's racing. Anything can happen. I know, but um, okay, that Coliseum '92, you know, Bradshaw, you know, blowing it under pressure is is all time. Um, this is different though because to just add to this is the long term ramifications, right? Because Bradshaw blows it in '92, and the assumption is, well, he'll definitely win the title the next year, right? Like. To think that this is how and Tomac's all time. Where, where you put him all time, I don't know, but there's no doubt he's an all timer. To think that this is, could be how his career ends. I mean, in other sports, this is a year injury. I don't know. It's a little different in this sport. Maybe again, as you're saying, Steve, maybe you don't rely on pushing off quite as much. Maybe it's a six month injury or an eight month injury. But why would Eli Tomac at this age? Yeah. He was barely choosing to continue to race as is when it was going well. I mean, it wasn't like that. Like. Bradshaw didn't end that night, you know, getting carried off the track. Do you think we see him again? I mean, we don't know. We're guessing. We're speculating. I would bet we don't. I think that's it, and that's a real shame. Um, I just the only I would bet I would on it. Yeah. Is, go ahead. Is sometimes we've we've definitely heard guys before go with the, I, that's not the way I want to go out, or I, I didn't want it to end like that. That's the only reason it wouldn't be the end, right? Like if he just has a sense of pride of I don't want to go out that way. Um, that's the only reason. There's no other reason to come back. JT? Yeah, that's a tough one, man. No one wants to go out like this. Um, so that's that's going to be something I don't think he can answer right now. You know, if he if you had to ask him right now, I don't think his answer would be the same right now that it will be in two, three, four, five, six months. So we'll just have to see where his head is at once this – like there's so much emotion going on right now. Like you could see – and I don't know if you've gotten to see the race, Steve, but – as this is happening to him, like he just can't stop shaking his head on the racetrack. Like that was a really sh- like you can see the emotion through his helmet. He can't believe what just happened. He he just he shakes his head about five hundred times, and I'm exaggerating a little bit, but for effect, like he just this disbelief that's going on. So he's going to go through a process here, and then we'll just have to see where he lands, what he what he wants to do. So assuming Sexton and Ken Roxon finish Salt Lake main event. 
they will be the only two factory riders to make it through all the races this year. Yeah, it's nuts. It's, and, we, and this was not that year. This was the year where we're like, man, everybody's staying pretty healthy. Like, we're we got a pretty full field here. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden, we just exploded yeah. with injuries. Yeah. Absolutely crazy injuries and just, yeah, it's just nuts. Uh, Sexton, yeah. Uh, you know what? Uh, I talked to Lars after the race and uh, the Honda team manager, and he told me that he told everybody, hey, man, like, don't celebrate on the podium. Don't don't freak out. Don't act like you won the title. You know, this is not the way they want to do it. They'll take it, and they'll celebrate next week, uh, but this is not the way, you know, on the podium in Denver, they didn't want to start losing their minds and thinking about, you know, all this stuff that, you know, and I, uh, classy, Lars, classy. Yeah, of course. Classy. Yeah, yeah. There's a oh. time and place for that. It's not, it's not dancing on the, you know, I don't even want to use this word, but yeah. You know what I'm? We know where I'm going yeah. with that. You just don't do that. Yeah. In that situation, like there's too much respect there. I don't think they would do that anyway. But it's yeah. it's definitely a good reminder. Yeah, yeah. I it's just fortunate th- that it didn't happen at the last. Or if this happened next week, at least there's a week buffer in between. But I still think even next week, and look, he's oh. going to win the title. Oh, I so think if you win the title, next week, race you celebrate. So I think if yeah, yes, I, yep, you have to. It's too big. I, next, yeah, yeah. You, I mean, you deserve to be able to celebrate, right? But I don't. I don't think yeah. this week was the night for that, for sure. No, and that's great that they have this one week buffer of you don't have to celebrate over Tomac here, but you do get to celebrate last week, next week, and it doesn't look as instant or as unclassy. But I mean, yeah, you you won the Supercross title, <laughs> you deserve the yeah. right to be pumped. Yeah, this was not any of their fault, right? They. They didn't have a hand in Eli hurting himself. They raced, and he and he's likely to. You know, I'm, who knows what happens? I'm, I'm going to get out of the prediction game because I don't know if he's going to win next week. I thought this was going to go a particular way, and that completely derailed. Odds are he wins again in Salt Lake, and then you're like, yeah, you didn't do like this was completely out of your control, but you went and won the last three races in a row like you you know you did everything you could possibly do and you are now the champion he'll he'll have if he wins next week he'll have six and he ties eli for six wins this year yeah, yeah. You, you are a deserving champion like yeah. say what you want tomac was on the way we all got it but it's not like you you know there's going to be people that say this and and hardcore eli tomac fans are going to hate this comment but when you win six races you didn't back into anything yeah no right no absolutely not um Wow. Uh, also, hey, Sexton also commented, um, you know, he's not throwing shade at anybody else, but he did comment in the press conference that he he feels like he a lot of his training is based on durability. And I was like, well, everybody says that, you know, the fitter you are, you know, less chance to get hurt. But then he explained that saying, like, a lot of people say that I'm too big and bulky and I need to cut weight. But he's like, I've hit the ground a lot and I'm usually able to get up. And... Uh, I've never you know, heard. I've never heard Sexton's he, he big and bulky. He did earn it in his own way. Yeah. Sorry. I've heard that. I've never heard Chase Sexton is too big and bulky. I've never heard that ever. Okay. He's well, pretty thick right now. Well, uh, yeah, he He's looks pretty jacked for a supercross guy. Yeah, He's not he wiry, is. that's for sure. Yeah, I think he looks fine. I think he looks like yeah, not big and bulky. Yeah. He looks like a man. Well, I think yeah. I think the con for me, my my take on that comment, and maybe I'm off. My take on that is the contrast of what. A lot of Alden Baker's guys end up looking like that there is no excess fat anywhere, any excess muscle, period. You are going to be as efficient and this, you know, machine that is calculated down to the percent versus what 
Chase looks like. Chase looks thicker than that to me. Not fat. That is not the right word. He just looks much thicker, stronger, more muscular yeah. than that that prototype Alden but, Baker. Well, guy. I think that's I think that's what he's alluding to. I could be wrong. He looks like Tomac. You know, he's thicker than Tomac, though. You think? He's yes. Yeah, I think so. He is. I think he's more well, jacked than the average rider. But uh, okay, and well, dude, he does take some. I mean, look, Sexton crashes a lot. I don't think I'm telling anything that anybody that we don't know. He did make it through all 17 rounds listen, despite I, all those crashes. He he's great right now. He he's riding great. And I told you guys, I told you, McGrath. I said that. And oh, here we go. It's Come all on. coming here together. We yeah, go. yeah. I mean, look. Yeah, multiple wins. Yeah, multiple wins. Um, it says something. Look, I, it's hard. Draft back into a lot of titles. You're right. He did totally. Uh, I here's the thing though. Like, again, Sexton's been the fastest guy, not the best guy, but the fastest guy all year. He's got what is it? Uh, 23 out of 30 practices. He qualifying sessions. He was fastest, or 20 out of 30 or something. And 13 out of 13 out of 16 this year, but yeah, yeah 20 overalls, out of right? Overall, and, yeah. and then uh, he's gonna he's gonna most likely tie for the most wins, and there's no backing into this thing. Uh, I don't, I, yeah, I uh, I get it. I know what people are gonna say that Tomac fans are gonna be up in arms and all that, but you know he he was fastest guy. So in in a sense, the fastest guy doesn't always win. You can ask Stu, but um, in this case, it, it 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 is gonna work out that way. I don't. It's hard to uh, talk about. Sorry. Yeah. To- just to- before we get off that point, Tomac was the fastest guy in 2017. Yeah. He was not your champion. No. Yeah. Uh, before we, uh, I-, I don't like the race itself. Obviously, all that drama we talked about. Um, I don't know whether to like super praise Kenny from going from dead last to second, or like where we're at with Kenny's se- 20 second to second place ride. Like, that's awesome. Um, and good for him and. Well, moving on. <laughs> I think you just I think you just put it in the context of who was out there. Yeah, I mean, great ride, good job, got second. That's four podiums in a row, and yeah, we don't have to put it in like some sort of legendary type effort. I don't think anybody no. should do that. Wow. But yeah, he he did yeah. a good. He rode really well. Right, Weege? Twenty second to second. Yeah, we made a joke at our live show on Friday that uh, you know who, the lottery. Who's going to get fourth? Um, we, we, we actually introduced Dean Wilson as our guest as tomorrow night's fourth place finisher. Um, so the fourth place finisher would have been Adam Cianciarulo because we just knew it was going to be Tomac Sexton and Kenny top three, no matter what. Oh, that's true. Uh, yeah. Right. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And then Tomac doesn't finish. So, I mean, you just know that Sexton and Roxton are going to be the next dudes. You just know it no matter what. Literally. I mean, Kenny not only goes down in the first term, which is on TV, but then the second term, two guys crashed and he got stuck. Yeah, he got hung up. That's right. Out of a pile. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Um, but he felt he was riding good. I mean, he's like, I think I could have been closer to Chase and maybe made it a battle. Maybe. I don't know. He could have led. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, he might win Salt Lake because Chase could just literally cruise. You know? Uh, but, yeah, true. Yeah. Um, true. He's the only one capable. I mean, I think we've but, seen great for Adam, and we'll get to him in a second. Yeah. I, I don't well, think Adam's beating either one of them in 20 minutes, and no. who else could do it? Okay, I have one more question. There's, like, as long as Chase... Chase doesn't even have... Like, as long as Eli Tomac doesn't race, it's over, right? Like... Webb's not going to race. Yes. Yep. Tomac can't race. We think. Like I, I think Sexton just goes for the win. Like, no, like it doesn't even. He doesn't have to go. Like as long as he doesn't see Eli Tomac on the entry list, he doesn't even have to show up. So I, I think well, he goes out and wins. Yeah. Running away. No. No. The, the, the odds say that for sure. 
But there's no pressure, is what I'm saying. Like, there's no reason for him to lay up and just cruise. That's let's all. let's say he, uh, you know, I don't know. Let's say they're at the sandbox with Chiz, and Kenny's like, "Hey, man, can I win?" And Sexton's like, "Yeah, sure, man." Yeah, you take the hundred G's. I'm good. No, maybe he says, "Hey, you you give me the fifty to make up the difference." And Kenny's like, "Yeah, cool for my legacy." <laughs> I don't know, man. I'm just I'm just spitballing here, but. Maybe they'll figure it out. Oh, you're not being serious? You don't think that's really going to happen? Okay. Okay, yeah, no, I'm not. Um, okay. But, uh, yeah, AC, third, first podium of the year, first podium in a long time, very emotional after the race. Um, you know, Adam, given, uh, given good, he gives great interviews, really honest intellectual interviews, and, yeah, he talked about how much it meant for him. He ran, he ran second for a while. Kenny got him. Um, again, you yeah. know, he, he said, hey, I know there's a lot of guys out, and – but I, I was like, yeah, but you're you're those guys that are out a lot. So yeah, so soak this year. in. So soak this in, man. Yeah. You got to be there. I, that to, was you know. Was my favorite moment of the weekend. It really was. Yeah. Um, his interview. I, for those that are like thinking it was overdone or cheesy or whatever, you can go ahead and piss off. Um, for lack of a better term, pardon my French. Whatever. I literally hate your take on that. If that's your take. Uh, this guy's gone through a lot. If you don't, or if you're underestimating the amount of emotional torture he's been under uh, to himself, like he's his own worst critic. I yeah. So yeah. to me, it was 100% sincere, 100% genuine. I loved everything about it. That great part about him is you're going to get the good and the bad. He doesn't hide his feelings. He does if if he's sad and not feeling, he's going to tell you about it and. For anyone to try to detract from that moment from him, like, yeah, yeah. I, I just don't have a lot of patience for that. No, it's great. It's great to see, Weech. Uh, you talking about AC here. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. He, he And you guys heard all his interviews. I also heard the press conference. It was similar. And he's like, I know dudes are out. He's like, Eli's a legend, and you hate to see that. Nobody wants to take advantage of that happening to anybody. But he's like, right now, I don't care. And that is because, yes. He has been through that enough where, I mean, when the dude finally catches a break, you got to give it to him. Yeah. We all know that if the four dudes that got hurt the last two weekends didn't get hurt, he probably does a podium. But when the sport beats you down the much as much as it beat him down, let him have it, man. Yeah. Let him have it. Yeah. No, absolutely. It's great. He's actually yeah. uh, he's going yeah. for stem cell treatments this week on yep. his arm. You know, Kansas, I think, yeah, right? Yeah, in Kansas. in Kansas. Yep, to try to still – He's still got issues. He's still got problems, and he's trying everything he can to 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 get that, get the nerves back and get the feeling back and all of that stuff that he that you know he knows he can normally get. But yeah, um, I was talking to Nick Way after the race, of course, a longtime friend of all of ours, and he told me he he got into Adam a little bit this week. They had a little bit of a disagreement, let's say, coach coach rider. So yeah, got, it sounded like it got pretty aggressive. <laughs> so maybe maybe that's a good thing. Adam's had big. What's that? No, you broke up. There you go. We lost weed. What? Oh, you're, oh Adam's uh, had what? What'd you say? Oh, I didn't lost me. Sorry. Um, this Adam thing is weird because it's just this mysterious injury. He's had big crashes. He's had injuries, but that's not what the problem is. It's just this weird arm thing that just kind of popped up, right? Mm -hmm. So that's what's so sad about it. Where it's just like, it's one thing you're like, hey man, I misjudged the jump. I got hurt. That's the sport. I blew it. That's on me. But this is just. How long has he been dealing with this? Four years now? 
just searching and searching and searching yeah. and doesn't even know why it happens. Yeah. Um, actually, Eli's got seven wins. I I, I misspoke. Um, yeah. Either way, whatever. Yeah, like six and seven. No, seven no one can take anything away from Sexton. Can you point to injuries? Sure. Yeah. But when you win a bunch of races and you, he was in the title fight the whole time. So yeah. Um, whatever. Justin Hill fourth. We kind of said Hill could do it, and yeah, good job for Justin Hill. Real, real nice season for sure for him. Uh, Shane McElrath was up front for a while. Best race for yeah. Shane McElrath in yeah, a long time. Good. How about RM Army? Chiz whole shots the heat. Kenny's running second. Shane uh, whole sh- or almost whole shots the main and runs up front. RM Army was back this weekend, and I guess I guess we just needed some elevation. We just needed, you know, horsepower robbing elevation to show the well, you armies can, you are shining. You really see who has the power. Yep. You really yep. See, when the, you know when the conditions are difficult mm-hmm. and you're at altitude, you really see who's got the power. Yeah, Suzuki, twisted, twisted development, doing those motors, doing doing a good job, obviously. Uh, but yeah, Shane ran up front for a while. That was good to see for him. He was really stoked after the race. I talked to him. Um, Dean Wilson, sixth. Dean was happy with his ride. He he went public. Um, with me uh like privately he told me a bunch of stuff and then he went public after the race in my interview he he suffers from panic attacks and he had one on our show friday night and and yeah he almost didn't show up that's remember when i called him yeah oh i do i do yeah and he didn't come up well yeah he so he just kind of has these panic attacks and with the oxygen in denver and and tougher to breathe he said in the morning of the race he he kind of had another one and he just had to sit in the car for a couple hours at the track, like, yeah. Is it ner- nerves induced? I think it. Uh, well, this weekend he thought it was maybe like oxygen, like a little bit of like can't breathe properly or, or had a shortness of breath, and that leads into worry and that leads into panic, you know. But yep. it sounds like it's something that haunts him a little bit here and there, and he's being really honest about it in, in interviews. Yeah. So, uh, got a feel for that for sure. Um, well, he should definitely not have it be because of our show. Like, no. Amazing and candid yeah. and funny. He, he said he so. when he said he said when he got up there he was really struggling. He almost turned around. Yeah, and I hope it's not because he's no insecure about his like he he no no so I so good at stuff like I that, said that so. I said to him was it public like is it speaking to public he said no no it's not not oh, that. okay okay yeah. but okay. Uh, yeah Phil had no problem at the live show but yeah Phil's flipping off our audience and did you guys hear about Phil coming to the rescue of a of a guy who was fainting in the back. During the show? Yeah. No. Oh, we did you hear no, about this? What? Uh, I, I heard Heather Kiefer mention it, but I don't know any details. Like, I heard a guy fainted in the back. That's a, guy, what I heard. a guy fainted, stood up, fell back down again. Phil went and found him. Phil drug him outside. Phil was like, what's going on? What, what, like, he's like, are you drunk or are you high? Or like, the guy's like, I'm all of that. And, and and then feels like you. It's not funny, but that's pretty. Funny. No, and then the guy. And then it's Phil, pretty funny. Feels like, do you, do you need air? Like, what do we got to do? And then he stood up again outside the lobby and fell back down again. And Phil was Chase Stallo said he saw Phil was like dragging the guy out, like saying, "Buddy, like, are you all right? Do you need we need to call an ant? Like Phil, yeah, just audience participation. Phil was there Phil. for these guys, yeah. So we don't know if Phil's ever going to be able to make it through a season without getting hurt, but I feel like in these three years, Phil has proven his value in so many other ways. Like I think Phil's going to be a permanent fixture on the racing scene. He just brings so much to the table. He does, and I, I've, in I have so many ways. I have a few more stories as we get to Enzo. This Lopes. was not a. This was not Moser, right? That he was driving. No, no I don't believe so. No, I don't believe okay. so. 
Um, all right, so Dean six. Good job for Dean. That's a season best for him. That's a season best for Hill. That's a season best for McElrath. Uh, I think that's a season best for Josh Hill. I think that's a season best for Chisholm. Um, <laughs> uh, that's a season best for Grant Harlan. Dude, Harlan, diso- Harlan. he dislocated his shoulder last week. Yeah. Like I, He had a sling on. He didn't ride yeah, all week. Labrum, partially torn labrum, right? Yep, didn't ride all week. He's told me he's not sure if he's going to be able to race, but he's in the top 20 in points and not exactly sure how it was going to go. He said he'll know right away how it goes. I watched him carefully. He looked as good as ever, and then he gets ninth in the main. Like, I don't know, man. I, I, accused, him of, I, I accused him of faking it on Twitter this morning. Like, dude. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty gnarly. Good job. It, it is. Yeah. Good job. Bro. I want to shout out Harlan in general because I honestly don't know why he was even going to the 450 class this year because we know it used to pay tons more money, so I get it. I mean, that was always your theory, Steve, right? Privateers, yeah. just go to the 450 class, take the night show money, yeah. make a few mains. But the 250 pay has gone up so much this year, but I don't know if any of these guys realized the first one up so much. Yeah, I don't but know. But color me wrong because he's been great. Like, he's maybe been... We're giving Cartwright a lot of credit. We'll talk about him later with the privateer challenge as maybe the most improved guy this year. But Harlan being a main event guy every week, and I know the ninth, again, a lot of dudes are hurt. But him making most of the mains this year, that's an impressive he, improvement, I feel. He was on Tyloo last year and made one main out of three races or something on a two, in a 250 Supercross. He wasn't making yeah, in mains 250s. in 250s last year. Yes. He makes Anaheim one this year. Dude, Hawaii zone. Hawaii zone. It's fantastic. Yes. Kona. The big island of Kona. Just celebrating. Um, Starling 10th. Season best. Season best for A-Rod, too. I don't know what's going on over there. I heard from a really good source that the team let A-Rod go. And I tweeted. I said, I think they've parted ways with A-Rod. And then he was there this weekend on a 450. So, I don't really know. But he's out of a ride after Salt Lake. But A-Rod just, he's you know... He jumped into Supercross after years away and jumped into 2D class and really didn't do much, right? I, I was kind of bummed. I thought it could be a really cool story, and he wasn't adapting that well. And again, yes, the caveat, guys are hurt, but 11th is 11th for A-Rod. Good job. Yeah. I mean, he got a good start. He was right there. All of that. So yep. I looked at him for fantasy, and he – I he told me that he he needed to get in better shape like two weeks ago and I'm like well if he needs to get better shape he's on a 450 and he's at elevation I'm not picking him and then the guy well, gets 11. I, I just knew he'd I knew he'd make the main yeah and I'm like that's all that's all I really need right right like, right there's no there's no one left yeah so good job for a rod um yeah I don't know the motor concepts team seems doesn't seem as run as well can I just say that as in years past as you when when Weege's guy was there. I don't know if we just. Like, all right, well, I'll take the credit then. Yeah. I don't know if we just guy kept it on the rails or not, but it seems a little worse. It's like they told me, uh, told me before my first television uh, broadcast last summer, you can say anything you want once. Yeah. <laughs> um, Cartwright twelve. I'm staying out of it. I'm staying out of it. I didn't even weigh in. I have not weighed in on anything since the freezy takeout attempt to win the world championship. I'm not. I'm not weighing in on this. Oh, you really? Oh, this is a conscious effort. I didn't know that. I said what I had to say about Freezy last year after Glendale, and uh, I feel that the facts have proven me to be correct. And uh, that's it. for a decade, Weech. Yeah, but I, what does that got to do with A Rod, or anything like? Well, no, you're saying like you don't feel like that. Oh, it's going team. as well since yeah. Brayton. Like this yeah. is yes. There you go. That that was the end for Brayton over there. Got it. Got it. Okay. 
Uh, Cartwright 12, season best. I think it's a season best for K, too. Yeah, Cartwright, LCQ winner. He had a 20th gate pick. So we seeded the guys. Do you want to talk about that now or not? I don't know. We can't. Whatever. Yeah, let's go for it. I mean, there's not much to talk about in this 415 game. So we had the... I seated the guys 1-22. to 22. The wild cards were at the end. And Marquier drew – I had four different ways to start the guys. And the most normal way to start was Marquier first and the wild cards at the end because that's how the points went. And Marquier drew a ping pong ball on Friday track walk after we measured the shortest rider, Lane Shaw and Hunter Yoder for 1000 bucks. After we did that, Marquier drew the starting thing. And he just drew the most – he drew ping pong ball number one which was the most normal starting. So Cartwright had the 20th gate pick. Now the start was pretty fair everywhere. So, But, yeah, he came through the pack. Freddie looked like he had it won, but, yeah, Freddie did what Freddie does. Um, JT, you figure that's a $17,000 mistake right there for Freddie. Yeah. Um, and Cartwright takes the win, and we're, we're leaving the raffle going right now, but it's over 120000 So uh, Cartwright could end up with twenty five k for this thing. Um, and then uh, second place was Cade, who made 13 passes, got a terrible start, made 13 passes to get into second. Um, and then uh, Mark Kay was third, and Feld gave us a race, and you guys did the live stream. Thank you to both of you and Daniel Blair and Justin Starling. Um, and, yeah, it was a whole thing, and we gave away a bunch of money, and it was cool. We had air wheelie contest. Did you guys get – I didn't watch this thing. I didn't watch the race back. I haven't watched the live stream back. You guys did see the air wheelie on this live stream, right? Oh, yeah. Okay. So you guys were calling oh, yeah. the action. Okay. <laughs> well, the judging by uh, Starling was pretty much done on the show. As soon as he saw the Mason Kerr air wheelie, it was clinched. But were we watching that on the monitor? Because I was watching it live, like turned around. So I don't know if that was on the broadcast or not. No, they got it. I, I never. Okay. okay. I'm a broadcast pro. I don't look out the window. Broadcast pro. Right. I know, Weed, you did a lot of prep, right, for my race, for the race? Oh, hours. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, hours of JT. I'm going to you my hourly rate. He's down on the track with his wife and kid, just bullshitting. And I'm like, Weej, the stream starts in 10 minutes. Oh, okay. All right. I got to go. <laughs> yeah. We had made alternate plans. Like, I was just going to host it by myself because <laughs> Weej was not there and we couldn't get a hold of Starling. Yeah. So I was like, we went to, like, okay, you just got to do it. And I'm like, let's, let's get it on. Yeah. And then, yeah. yeah we, yeah, no, and, yeah. Then, and then in the end, everything started 20 minutes late. Yeah, and you know that, and we just walked in and probably just called it like a pro. But um, yeah. last week, remember, I was in the press box hanging out with you guys upstairs three minutes before race day live <laughs> yeah. began. Yes, and we were like, yes. you were you were calling us losers, and you were calling us like you know yes. losers and like whatever, and then three minutes later, you're on the you're down on the track, and we're like, what the hell? <laughs> he was just calling us losers a minute ago. And I got to live on the edge sometimes. Uh, but, yeah, that race was cool. Thanks to the guys for doing it, and uh, it's cool to give all that money away. And it was calm, right? Like, last year, obviously, Wageman almost died last year because his bike blew up on the face of a triple. So that was, you know, a little bit of chaotic. But for the generally, I think these guys, JT, and you were – you wouldn't have been in this race. You were too good for it. But, you know, you, you were a privateer. I think these guys are like, hey, man. There's a lot of money at stake here, everybody. We're all getting paid. Like, I think the last place guy is going to get about 2K, right? And we're all getting paid, so let's just calm down. I think that's their attitude. Yeah. Outside of Norrin, the race was honestly really boring. Yeah. I, yeah, I, to your point, I think that's why. Is they're just like, yeah, I, I don't really want to screw this up. 
Um, right. Yeah, I'm just going to sit right here and make a lot of money. Yeah, I think so. Next year we gotta we gotta fix that. I don't know how, but yeah, there needs to be more chaos. Nick Way wants in. Racing or yeah, racing. Prop no racing. racing. Am, I, am I am I racing next year? Yeah, you're racing too. I think we came up with that in the press box. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Bron- okay. We need to we need to get to the bottom of that. Yeah. Discuss if I'm actually racing or not. Broncos uh, country. Can I prep if so starts today. Let's ride. Um, Broncos country. Let's ride. Broncos country. Broncos country. <laughs> the, so the be- okay, so let's, let's finish the race talk. Uh, yeah, and so the did you guys notice Preston Taylor and Nagy trying to do the slowest lap? Yes, that's yeah. on the show too. It's yeah, amazing. it's just I'm I'm just like these guys. Oh man, and then and then uh, um, Yoder was the shortest rider, but we just measured them back to back. Him and Lane Shaw with their boots on, and Phil was irate. Phil was like, "You you need to take the boots off." And I'm like, I don't know, man. I'm like, they weren't, they weren't saying anything, so I just did it. He's like, for a thousand dollars, you're taking the fucking boots off. And I'm like, I don't know, man. Like, I just didn't want to make a big deal of it. Like, Koba Links yeah, did the it. The participants don't care. Yeah, yeah. So, um, you yeah. know how you nailed it. You said it was a thing, and I think that's what this is becoming. It does need some fine tuning because it's not like an LCQ. Because what makes the LCQ fascinating every week is just win or go home. Right? You get fourth, or you're a loser. Mm-hmm. Here, fourth and fifth, it's like, well, I'm not going to kill myself for an extra no. 500 bucks. No. Um, so that part, yes. I, I don't know how wild you're going to get to tweak it. But the overall theme of uh, with the prop bets and the riders going for the prop bets and then Phil running around and Starlet, like the people you have involved, loosely, very loosely involved, but somewhat involved. Yeah. Uh, I I don't I don't think Phil just weighed in necessarily. They're letting you do it. But I have a feeling they've got to be thinking – Hmm. We're this we or Steve Yamaha, whoever you want to give credit, is onto something here. And I have a feeling, I've not heard this from anybody, that this could really become something. Uh needs a little tweak guinea bee chaos, but what could it be? What do you think? Well, I think Saturday. That's what yeah, I think. I'd I'd like that. I'd like that. Um I think Saturday. And what? uh the air wheelie alone, I, I had several people make this <laughs> theory they're like can you imagine the fans are in the stands and they don't you know not everybody's gonna follow no. this sport that closely to yeah. do this and they just everyone air wheeling on the parade lap the fans would be going nuts because they wouldn't even know why well, and this... they wouldn't even know if they're crashing or trying i know you guys aren't going to really believe this but wallenberg didn't know what was going wallenberg didn't know there was an okay, air wheeling contest go. so he was yes. wondering i thought there was a huge kicker there i thought the guys were going to cry <laughs> i didn't know what was going on i thought they were going to stop it because there was something wrong with the jump so yeah, there we go. Uh, but I, I also had to tell these guys. Uh, <laughs> I had to tell these guys on the, on the group text like you have to land the air wheelie because the air wheelie was twenty eight hundred dollars for the best one, which is oh, a lot of money. Just, I was gonna, yeah, I, I threw it out there. Just ghost ride your bike. Yeah, just, yeah, no, I had to go. I had like to if tell you're me, one of the back markers. Yeah, if you know you're not gonna get better than like fifteen. Yeah, like Nagy, like Neg Dog, like Nagy's like yep. he's degaff, right? So, yep. uh, I said to them, you have to land it. And then at some point, someone in our group texted. You know, they were mad about Cade, and then Cade was like, hey, the rules are the rules. Steve put me in. And then somebody said, you should ban pit boards, Steve. And I'm just like, what? You know, just, yeah, these guys, they're just animals trying to, trying to organize them. Um, but, yeah, it was, it was fun. I think it, what about bracket racing? What about some sort of bracket racing? That would be kind of fun to do. Um, but, yeah, we'll see how it goes next year. But, yeah, it was cool. You're on to something for sure. I hope because- so. Yeah. The level of interest when you look at the how many how the riders are really circling circling it on their calendar, mm-hmm. 
the amount of people around them, you know, Starling and Phil and other, other riders kind of getting involved, even though they're not racing, the prop bets, I just feel like this has such a groundswell of characters that want to weigh in and make it fun and interesting that it's it's too it's too big to fail yeah. at this point, Steve. Look, it's too big to fail. Even Eli on press day is like, hey, when's your race? I can't wait. I'm watching it. When's your race? Whoa. Yeah. Yeah. Like, you know, Adam Cinzarillo put up 300 bucks. He found Max Miller. On the track walk, Miller finished ninth. Adam put up three hundred bucks for ninth. He gave him three hundred bucks. You know, uh, yeah, it was cool to have that kind of interest, right? Craig, Christian Craig, five hundred bucks for first of the finish line. So, good times. I think it'd be very easy to the mainstream audience. Let's say Diz on Saturday, and the big difference then is on Peacock. I think it would be very easy to explain to the uninitiated what this is and why it's cool. If you literally say that you have a guy like Adam Cincerillo who's going to put his own money and put it in the pocket of one of his competitors who's less fortunate, I don't see how that doesn't resonate well. Yeah. Yeah, no, I agree. And we drew out 100 bucks for Jerome Cross, first rider to DNF. Yes, yes. I saw, actually, before opening ceremonies, I had to go down with my kid. I saw his bike sitting there, and I'm like, ah, I want, I want to give him the money because I think that'd be – yeah, you know the pain in my face would say it all. Yeah, uh, I saw his bike. I didn't see him, so I'll give him his money in uh, Salt Lake. All right, sounds good. Uh, yeah, thanks to Verb guys for streaming it. Thanks to you guys for doing it. Blair's interviews, they were not. Uh, the audio's up now on YouTube. The, the archive audio of Blair interviewing the guys. Um, so yeah, thanks, thanks everybody for helping out. The Verb guys did a good job. Dub and Chase and everybody. So um, we'll see what we can do next year. All right. Um, Michael Hicks, 15th, jumped into 450 class. Simonson, I, I got to cut Simonson's hair. JT, that made the broadcast? It did. Oh, awesome. Sure did. Oh, yep. fantastic. Did an interview, got a full, uh, mm-hmm. you know, made him do the spin around, <laughs> yep. show us all about it, tell us all about it. Um, he, talk, he mentioned you. Got yep. it, we got it all. Oh, awesome. Yeah. Well, no more complaining about his hair. Kid rode pretty good, though, 16th. So, yeah. I, I did think he was, he thought originally I was just going to, like, cut his hair short. And I'm like, oh, no, no. No, 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 no. We are going to really jack it up. And he doesn't get his money if he shows up at Salt Lake without with a different haircut. He does not get his money. So he's keeping that all week. That's the that's the goal. That's the that's the game. So uh Tristan Lane won the LCQ. That was good. Great great job for Tristan Lane. Uh he's riding he made three straight mains now, I think. Three straight mains or two straight mains? Anyways, good job I Tristan Lane. Three. Yeah, I think three. Carnell 18th. Uh Lane Shaw first main event of the year. Good job Lane Shaw. I don't know if you no. got. Oh yeah, sorry, Wayne Shaw. Yes, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Kevin Morantz's bike um, had an issue, and then he jumped back in. He fixed it or something, and then he jumped back in. But it was at the end of the whoops. Uh, it shut off on him or something. So, uh, Colt Nichols crashed out, but he'll be okay. Almost that was almost lost and everything. The Colt Nichols crashed out, but he, he's fine, right? With what we know. Yeah. So I was at Honda when he came in, and I don't know what when it was going on, but he looked totally fine. Yeah. We were just talking to Will, right? And uh, he he looked. Totally okay. Okay. All right. Well, that's 450 class from Denver. Um, yeah. Dude. Wow. Okay. Uh, thank you to the folks at uh, motorsport.com. Go through the banner to order a part, uh, OEM part or aftermarket part. Thank you to the folks at motorsport.com. Great return policy. Dedicated team of gearheads there to help you out. They got uh, everything you need. If you got a secret street bike like JT, they got that stuff. They got UTVs. They got e-bikes as well. And, of course, uh, dirt bikes, of course. So thank you to the folks at motorsport.com. And thank you, Cobo Links, for putting up 1000 bucks for the shortest rider in the LCQ Challenge. Hunter Yoder takes it home. Uh, also, by the way, Yoder had no front brake for most of that race. So good job for Yoder. He got fourth, I think. Um, and, uh, yeah, thank you to Cobo Links. Lowering suspension link on everything from Aprilia to Yamaha. 
Uh, use the code PULPAMEX for free shipping and a discount. Uh, designed, built, and everything up there in Boise, Idaho. PULPAMEX code saves you money. Support Kobo Links. They support the uh, LCQ Challenge. And Weege, Onyx Maps as well. Yeah, Onyx Maps will give you a discount, first of all. So that's the best part. You know how I feel. So just type in, when you go to onyxmaps.com or go to Onyx Off-Road in the App Store, just type in RacerX, all one word, all lowercase. We'll give you 20% off and uh, give it a trial. If you go to the website, I recommend that because they actually compare it to Google Maps and Apple Maps and you see how much more detailed it is. I'm in Colorado today still. Um, if you live in an area like this, you need Onyx Maps. You'll find trails for your dirt bike, side-by-side, Jeeps, hiking, hunting, mountain biking, you name it. And um, you can download data so you can have it even if you're in a place where your cell phone doesn't work. So check it out. Also, RacerX brand is back. We've relaunched, um, you know, with the spring. Didn't have stuff uh, in the winter, but we have stuff in the spring. So go to racerxbrand.com and subscribe to the mag. I just wrote two stories for the next issue that's coming out in a couple weeks. So go to racerxonline.com slash weege or slash subscribe. And that's how you subscribe. It's not a discount. I'm not giving you a discount on subscription. That's just where you go to get your subscription. It's only 30 bucks for the year. We'll send you 12 issues and you can read everything on your phone. And I wrote, I wrote yeah. two features a couple issues ago. It's a lot of work, yeah. so good good job, Weech. Two, two features in a month. It's a lot of work, man. Writing magazine features, all three of us can attest. That is the hardest job of all. Yeah, yep. absolutely. Uh, yep. So that's the uh, 450D class. And again, thank you to Renthal and Maxis and Fly Racing, of course. Fly Racing Zone, Shane McElrath with a, with a fifth. And Fly Racing Zone, RJ Hampshire with the win. Uh, dude, I, I, I don't text riders good job a lot. I'm not one of those guys, you know, like there's, you ever notice how there's certain people that always get on TV when the riders are, are wrapping things up or they're, they're, you know, there's always, there's always people that get on TV. Just amazing. Why don't you, why don't you name, name some names? Just amazing. Amazing to see these guys just there with the camera. Anyways, I'm not one of those guys. I'm not one of those guys that text riders like, oh man, you're so awesome. But I sent RJ a text. I'm like, dude, that was that was pretty impressive. He was sending it, <laughs> and I mean, we know RJ can go fast, but we also know RJ as makes makes mistakes. Sometimes ends up on the ground. Uh, JT, that was a really impressive ride by uh, by RJ Hampshire. That was awesome. Yeah, I mean, it was true RJ Hampshire style, right? He, <laughs> yeah, it was it was action packed. There were really close calls, and he was going really fast. That's yep. uh, and and. One main event, you totally showed who R.J. Hampshire is. Yeah, he, he R.J. went R.J., except he stayed up. And, like, yeah, he was clipping stuff, and, oh, there was... He said he hit neutral. I talked to him after. Yep. And uh, he yep. said, I would have been okay there, but I hit neutral. And then, like, Steve, you you know this, and we, John, I don't know if you've had this experience, but when you are expecting to do something and it goes into neutral, that's why he, like, rolled off the face. Yeah. Because it changes everything right like you're mm. not expecting any of those things to happen and that, that was kind of the cause i've made most of the mistakes you can make so yeah i've been there okay uh what a ride i mean i like i don't levi kitchen rode well it wasn't like a thing where kitchen you know he, he slowed up a little bit when he got in the lappers you could tell they affected him a little bit but kitchen rode really well you just gotta give it to rj he rode better and he rode great and that's yep. all. I mean, I'm not like, you know what I mean? Like, I think if you're Kitchen and Star, you're like, ah, shit, we led 16 laps and we got passed and, you know, got second. And I get it, but sometimes you just got to tip your visor and be like, dude, hell of a ride, RJ. <laughs> and that's what this was, you know? So, yeah, Kitchen, 
Yeah, I think when I, I talked to him as well after, and uh, I got the same sense as that, what you're saying. It seemed to me like he was a little disappointed when RJ made that big mistake that he didn't capitalize there yeah. and just kind of end it. Like, because RJ drops back. If he if Kitchen puts in some of his best laps there, it probably changes RJ's approach. But as soon as you show that you're catching him again, you, you yeah. reinvigorate RJ to get back in the fight. He's doing Mach 4 in the whoops, RJ was. Yeah, dude. Yeah. It was like like we said, Weege, full RJ experience. It was. I only showed up halfway through that main. Oh, that's uh, right. Yeah, when yeah. I was finally done, and I'm like, oh, so Kitchen's just winning this, huh? And you guys were like, no, 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 no. And then you explained the RJ saga that had already begun. <laughs> that already happened. No, no. RJ caught him, went for the pass, briefly got him the lead, uh, hit neutral, went off the track, rolled down a jump, jumped in behind them. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So it was a whole thing. Uh, Jet Lawrence clinches the title. Uh, we all know. We all saw the press releases and the hype and all that. Uh, great season. 60 laps led to 16. I guess, look, he ended up third. He, he fell in the heat and, uh, you know, worked his way up from like 10th in the main. He does seem to be pretty cautious in title clinching moments. I guess that's that's a bad thing. I don't know. Like, I, like he just, yeah. He, you know, you look at this season, five wins and, and all of that domination – and in title clinching moments, he's just a little more mature, which is fine, and will suit him great down the road. But yeah, he, to me, it was the, the starts were horrible. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Like he, he was uh, going pretty fast in the main event. Like I was looking at lap times, yep. he was going fast. But yeah, you can't start mid pack twice, which has not been his mo. His starts have been money. Or what about but, in what about uh, the lap to put him on top in the third practice, third qualifying session? It was unbelievable. Just yeah, just ripping on yeah. rails in the top. Fastest like, lap of the day. Out of everybody. Oh, was it really? Faster than Sexton. Was it? Yeah, yeah it was. Faster than Sexton. He was hitting those ruts like he was a slot car. Like it was, you know, those little cars with the remote controls that sit on those tracks. and yep. you That's what I he was doing. Was, I, I think he was three tenths faster than Sexton. Jeez, yeah. yeah. Great ride, though. Uh, and great season for him as well. So, yeah. Jet Lawrence, Weege, champ. I don't know. What do I say? Yeah, what I don't know. Say? Okay. Yeah, I mean, look, this was, he's checking all the boxes. He's doing it right. I think we knew that, you know, it, it was going to take something crazy from not win this title. And I think it even reflected in his emotion. It was a huge deal. Well, he even said this in the press conference. It was a huge deal for Hunter to finally get one. I think Jet's not going to fake it and pretend that this is life-changing. He's already moved on in his mind to the next step, which is 450s. So I even said, okay, you and Hunter, they are straight up tied. They have the exact same amount of career wins in Supercross. Not since 2022. Their careers. They have the same amount of wins. I know that seems crazy but that's the numbers so i'm like oh we got a showdown you're tied in career wins you could have jumped ahead of him but you didn't win this week does that mean anything and he's he's already moved on to 450 and testing and outdoors and he's just going to go through the motions he could still win next week but um i feel like this whole title was just like yeah i just got to get this done it would be terrible if i blow it but he can't be. Yeah, he shouldn't he shouldn't have been in the, cl- the moon excited he shouldn't have been in the class well, I, I, or you can go that direction yeah i just whatever yeah. i mean i think i proved my point like he was yeah. So good, so dominant, and yep. but he's young, yep. so I get that. I get the point about like, hey man, he's young, but history is full of young guys to race the the men and do really well. You know, if they're generational. How, how many so, times yeah. that really work out though? Well, I, I I don't know. Did Stu work out? That's what I'm asking. Like, oh. I know you want him to move up really early, but tell show me the the proof that that is the right move with all these championships that happened in that scenario. Uh, Stu? 
No? I have zero problem with any of this. I mean, I have zero problem. Stu raced 250s for three years. Yeah, this is Jet's fifth. If you count his moonlighting. Fifth Supercross year? No. 250 season. If you count- he basically did one more season than Stu. I, and and by the way, I think we've just seen, like, it's getting harder and harder to compare with the ages of the sport. It's getting harder and harder, I think, to compare for whatever reason. I don't know if it's 250S and 125s or whatever. The age thing, the amount of years, it's just changing. I don't know why, but I don't think they're an accurate comparison. I mean, to, to, if you tell me that, if your base case is that Janet Lawrence moving to the 450 class at 19 years old is too late, I don't know what to That's not you. too late. No, it's not too late. That's not it. He just should have been there earlier. It's not too late. Right, that's, but that's the same thing. No, it's not. Like, that's no. semantics. No. It's semantics. No, it's not. It's not semantics. It's not too late. He's not, gonna, he's not missing any development time. He's going to be just as good as ever. He didn't miss a window of, of moving up. He just he, he showed with the stats this year and the season he had that he belonged in the 450 class. He, he, just, he just did. He just... He, did, did he did he get any development this year? Really, probably not much. Yeah, and, I, I I think so. Okay, I think right. mentally he is still developing. Perfect. Yes. All right, great. Um, we'll see. I guess I I just he's going to win races this summer, right? Um, against Sexton and and, and against even a Tomac was there, he was going to win races against Tomac and yeah. So. I, I know we've had this argument a million times. I just defer to guys that did it, like Ricky, and and I've talked to Ricky about it this year. He's like, bang down. Longer than you think is necessary is is the right move. That and that. So yeah, we can argue, and we like I we don't. I don't have any emotional attachment to it. From people that did it, I just refer to their experience, and that's what they say. Uh, One thing he said in the press conference, I want to mention it was really classy. And Lawrence are they say the right things, they do the right things. Um, not only was he not like over the moon about winning this title because I think it was just business like. Mm-hmm. Um, and next week, same thing, the showdown. It's whatever. Um, he's moved on to 450s in his head, and he said how bummed he was to see Tomac go out because he wanted to race him, and we might never get this now. I mean, that is tragic to think that we came within two races yeah. of seeing Tomac and Jet Lawrence, and now there's a very good chance they'll never race each other, and he was bummed on that. Because uh, if you're Jet, you got nothing to lose. If you get the smackdown from Tomac this summer, no one's going to be... Yeah. I mean, if you'd like Tomac yeah. in his prime at 31 years old, and you're 19. So, this was just house money for Jet, like, I'll race him. If I lose, that's not horrible. If I win, that's great. So that's a bummer for him, and I just thought that was classy for him to think big picture like that about how the Tomac injury even affects him. I thought that was cool. Yeah, yeah. Um, agreed. It would have been nice to see them for sure. Uh, Enzo Lopes, fourth place. Uh, he's third in the points. He was a bit bummed. He was sick this week. He said he didn't have it in the main. He did win his first ever heat, though, and he qualified quickest again. I think he did that at Anaheim. That's twice this year. I think Enzo will be on a Factory team next year. Um, you do? Yeah, I do. I think he'll have a factory deal. A couple of options, I think, are open. Maybe oh, not. Okay. But maybe not. But um, I feel like he earned it. But every time I brought that up, people have said, like, yeah, but here's the landscape. Where's the room? Yeah. No, I know. There's there's, there's two spots. So we'll see. Um, just hilarious, though. Phil was up there. And uh, so Enzo qualifies first. And I go into the truck. And I'm like, good job, Enzo. Like, it's awesome. You know, good kid. And. And then, and then they start arguing, and then, and then Enzo says, "Phil, you would be fifteenth today. You'd be fifteenth if you were out there. You're, you're terrible." And, and, and then Phil's like, "You don't want it. You don't want to get the start. You want to go from tenth to fifth and be a hero. You don't want to start first. And then Enzo's like, "You don't know, man. You don't know me. Whatever, Phil." 
And I'm like going, this guy just qualified first. Like he, this should be a bit of a celebration, like a bit of a, Hey man, keep it going. Keep, you know, whatever we're doing, like, let's keep rolling. And then, uh, and so was like, you've never qualified first. I never qualified first. And Phil's like, yes, I have. Yes, I have. Iron Man 2018, first overall, beating Tomac. And he like, and and Enzo's like, really? And it feels like, yeah. And then was it muddy? And and feels like, yeah, just a little bit. And Enzo's like, oh, well, whatever, okay. And then he's like, and I qualified second behind Barsha, 2015 Iron Man, or maybe Glenn Helen or something. And Enzo's like, oh, okay, whatever. Then we walk out of the truck and feels like I made all that up. I didn't qualify fastest. (laughs) 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 And then I screenshot Iron Man 2018 qualifying and sent it to both of them in a group text. And Phil was fifth. And Phil goes, it was close enough. (laughs) Dude, it's just, it's, it's one thing after another. Oh my God. Yeah. Just the motivator. So the example Phil used as facts was actually factually inaccurate. Yeah, yeah. Okay. And and then and then and then he screenshotted the one he did get second behind Barsha at some national too, qualified second. But like I'm just like, uh, it's it's just it's comedy. (laughs) It's unbelievable. Like Phil would say, it's peaks and valleys. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. He's just like, you don't know, Enzo. You don't know what's going on. And Enzo, Enzo's like, Phil, I was first. I was fastest. I was first. I beat Jet Lawrence. I beat Jet. And Phil's like, ah, you ain't done shit. <laughs> it's just like, <laughs> I'm just going. I'm like, I just walked over here to say good job, Enzo. Like, I just, good job, Enzo. Uh, that's it. Oh, God, these guys. So One of my favorite moments of our live show on Friday night, I don't know why this made me laugh so hard. We had Phil up there. And we're like, what's the goal here for Enzo? He's like, he needs to battle these guys. He needs to battle with RJ and Jet. And for some reason, Steve, I loved it. You were just not having that. You're like, oh, battle Jet, huh? Yeah. That's that's what we need to do, Phil? Yeah. To battle yeah. Jet. yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't yeah. know why that made me yeah. laugh so hard. Yeah. JT, I mean, you know, when you were racing, I mean, you, you needed to just battle Carmichael. You just needed to battle Carmichael. You yeah. Know? Why, why was I giving Stu the business? Yeah. Like, well, <laughs> and, then, and then Phil revised it to like, well, I just mean stay ahead of Jet for a little bit or something. He like changed yeah, like a few laps or something. Yeah, yeah, he changed it. Oh, battle Jet. <laughs> right. God, dude, it was just comedy. Thanks to Cartwright and Phil and Dino for coming over in the live show. It was great. Phil, Phil got booed. I don't know who was booing him. His friends or Enzo. And yeah, I don't know. And then Phil's just flipping them off on stage right right back at him. Just great. We had track walk with the KTM kids and Phil. Um, gets a picture taken with an eight-year-old and flips and yeah. flip off. Yeah, I met that guy. With an eight-year-old. I met that guy. He said, dude, we met <laughs> Phil on track walk. Check it out. And Phil's bent over at the kid's height, flipping the camera off. <laughs> this, this, is, this, is, this is our, this is our, our veteran, you know, super cost guy. Yeah. I just, I, I can't even, I should have wrote some of the shit down that they were saying to each other. It's just, it's just amazing. So, but, but I mean, look, I think Phil, Phil has helped Enzo. Like, as amazing as this sounds, Phil has helped Enzo. Like, he's been going to some of these races. Yep. And he's been helping him with the track and all of that. So, um, Oldenburg fifth. Freckle caught Enzo and then uh, Lopes pulled back away. But Freckle came up and caught him. And afterwards, uh, Freckle told me, yeah, it was just okay. And he also told me that he was so frustrated that the team didn't go to New York while he was in, in the points up there. That he went and did a mountain bike race up, and he signed up for the pro class and got like seventh. You asked him about uh, it being a practice round. No, I did not. No, I did not. Okay, 
but uh, yeah, he was not happy about that decision. I don't. Th- I think it kind of caught him by uh, by surprise there. So, uh, Max Volan six. Max was second, third, and then he got knocked down by Enzo, uh, and then fought back to sixth for Max. Where are we at with Max Voland? Someone told me this was only his 12th Supercross. I need to check that out. But he doesn't have that many yeah. actual races, you know? I've been thinking about it a lot. Um, I'm just wondering where his future is. I don't think it's been as bad as I think at first glance people would think, right? But in the end, he has not had a podium, right? No. Uh, indoors or out? Is he had an overall podium outdoors even? Uh, I don't believe so. It's amazing the difference that it makes. I do feel like the sport is very cutthroat, yes. But, it, okay, Jordan Smith, for example, I think you were a little surprised. You're like, oh, Jordan's just back on star next year. You know, it's just done. Yeah. Right? Um, I do feel like basically if you are finishing on the podium, even if you're a guy that should win a title or should win a race and you don't, or whatever the standard is, if you're consistently getting on the podium, you just have a ride. And that's the problem. Max has, I don't think, been a complete bust. I think some people would think that. But the problem is he's getting fourth and fifth and he somehow has just barely missed the podium each time. And that changes the paradigm completely. I mean, he's had three years of factory rider, most of it injured, as to your point of how many races he's done. But this has got to be a little bit of a scary stretch for him here because you get three years in a factory team, for whatever reason, you don't podium. That's a tough hole to dig out of. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I, I'm a fan of Max. I, you know, I think he's got skill, but, yeah, it just doesn't come together for him, right? Just, yeah, I don't know. Um, he just misses and he's only 20 that's not incredibly young but it's not incredibly old like i think there's something there but yeah in when that if you're the fifth place guy for three years on a factory team that's dangerous yeah uh Derek kelly seventh mumford eighth i went to go talk to him but i it wasn't a good night he started up there and went back to eighth i don't think the team and mitch were, were very happy so he was gone uh mumphy's eighth yeah wasn't great uh, Cole Thompson, ninth. Wageman, 10th. Schwartz, that's Schwartz's career high. Isn't it funny, like, Wageman, Schwartz, and Drake were 10, 11, 12, and doesn't it seem like the Suzuki guys are always together in the 250 mains? It's been a bunch of times this year where they've just been yeah, racing together. Yeah, it's just the Bar X guys and the Hep guys just racing together. So, uh, Mitchell Harrison, Max Miller, Hunter Yoder, Bolotelli, Stapleton. Thurry made a main. I picked Thurry in fantasy. I was pretty stoked on that pick. Um, and then yeah, kind of same thing as the 450 class, 50 class, not that deep. So, but one more race to go. Uh, and uh, yeah, anything else for 250s for you guys? No, we miss anything. Nope, back to back to the showdown for Salt Lake. Yeah, should be great. Um, Weege, uh, KJSC, you said on the you said on the live show that Lane, your kid, was like, "What if I podium?" And you're like, "No, don't say that." Like, we just don't want to be last, which is my rule for the Vet Nationals. Like, I just – I want to be in the middle of the pack at the Vet Nationals. I just want to be in the race, and that seemed to be your goal with Lane in the KJSC. And then the wall jump was very scary for your wife, and he was the first one to hit it. It's unbelievable how these things work out. This is like Phil earning number 69 and having lights on his bike, and then the only time he leads is when he has lights on his bike. Like, the sport just gives gifts <laughs> does, of comedy yes, yeah. and entertainment. So we get to see the track on Friday at press day, and it has this wall jump, and all wall jumps are pretty darn vertical, but I would say this is maybe the most vertical jump I've seen in a Supercross track. It wasn't as high as some wall jumps, but it was straight up. It was cool, uh, then. And I, it was cool when they started yeah. doubling it, too, by the way. Yeah, that was cool. 
They did. Uh, somebody told me Cartwright. I think somebody told me they did tame it after the free practice. I think they, oh, okay. they, it wasn't quite as steep after that. Um, that's return to, to jumping and even tripling over it. But um, I got to say, my wife is, as you guys know, pretty big on safety. Like <laughs> she's got some crazy theories on safety. But I will give her credit. She allows them to ride dirt bikes and do all this. So she has parked most of that. But when she saw that vertical jump, <laughs> I mean, the scenarios, the scientific scenarios she had run through her mind, the Kiefer, as Kiefer said, the Blackwater Route 93 river crossing where it's just loop out, loop out, loop out, loop out. If anyone's seen the old Blackwater videos, that's what she thought was going to happen. Like they were going to flip over backwards and bikes were going to be landing on kids. And I said, you just have to rely on, they've had this thing since the late 90s. They have done this for 25 years. I know it seems crazy to have kids on a supercross track, but they just don't routinely have yard sale cutting kids off. I don't recall it any just, deaths in the KJSC ever. Yep. Right. Like, Someone just, didn't get hurt. There was, yeah. a, there was a child that was injured. Yeah, that Unfortunately, was, that was our buddy uh, Kyle Bentley's kid. Yeah, that was Roblox's kid. I didn't know that. Yeah. yeah, he took a handlebar to the gut, I think, uh, on the first turn. And he... Uh, Last night they told me they were at the hospital for observation because he had some abdominal pain. So I'm not sure. I hope he's okay, obviously. But as far as like the obstacles claiming kids, I'm like, you just have to rely on it's the same track builders every week. They know what they're doing. And she's like, but people mess up at their jobs. People mess up. What if they messed up? Um, so all night we talked about it at the live show. She's sweating this wall jump all morning. She's like, are they going to go around it? Cause some KTM people had looked at it during track walk and mm-hmm. we're thinking of cutting it out. She's like, who's in charge of cutting it out? Does this person know what they're doing? Who, who can we talk to about this? She was like really stressing. I mean, she's thinking that all these kids are looping out and they're going to have their bikes landing on them um, or landing on each other or whatever. And then by chance, they send them out by random. They give the riders numbers at random. My son was number two. You didn't. They send uh, them you, out. Hey, hold on. Yeah. You did not request like we will only race with Cooper Webb's number. No, but it did work out that they needed a replacement rider for Webb this weekend, and that was us. Okay. Yes. Right. Did, just incredible. Again, like, fill with the lights. These things just work out. Did so not she got, to the, number. she got to the point where, because his number was low, he was going to go out first and be the guinea pig for this, and then all the bikes would pile on top of him. No, no, no. She had, we didn't know that he'd be – we didn't know they were going to roll out and practice in number order. I thought that's just what worked. she was saying. I thought she was asking that. She was – it, it didn't matter if he was the two. first guy to the wall or the 15th. Okay. It was okay. going to be bad. So then we go out for free practice, and they're like, you're going out in number order. So number two, you go out second. And the girl who's number one, I think she wasn't very experienced, so my kid goes by her. So he turns out to be the first kid that's going to hit this wall out of all 15 kids. And, Steve, you said you were laser-focused on this moment. I, I heard about this in Track Walk and the live show, and I was watching this. Like it was basically Sexton Tomac battle for the win at any race. I was like, oh my God, here it goes. If Lane can't make it up this hill, this wall, and topples, there will be a woman jumping from the stands, running. And, yes. And, and yes. I was, we were all just breathlessly watching this in the press box, and he just rode up it, just popped up it. I just try to explain over and over the physics of dirt bikes are just weird. Like there's just a lot of things on paper that don't make sense. And my answer, it's not the answer she wants. A lot of times my answer is I'm like, it's just not how. So I know if you look at a vertical wall, it looks like there's no way physically that you could go over this and not flip over backwards. And all I have to say is it just doesn't work that way. I don't know why. It's like blitzing the most cupped out whoops ever. You're like this, this can't work. 
Like, there's no way somebody yes. can blitz these. The, yep. the, to be fair, a child did go down in practice on the wall, to be fair. Yeah. But. Yep. but only one, and then eventually he got over that, and then I think everybody did it, and they didn't cut the section out. Yep. Uh, then, because my kid was one of the first to roll out, his name was on the top of the board for a while, so I took copious photos of that. Can't take that away from me. Um, as you were saying, Steve, I had one goal. Like, just don't mm-hmm. be embarrassed here. Um, yeah. I know people are going to be <laughs> judging him very closely. They're mm-hmm. going to be like, well, Weege probably sucks on a dirt bike, so his son probably sucks at everything, too. Uh, my son's actually pretty athletic and he doesn't run quite a lot. I mean, dude, last year, I think he rode probably six, seven times. Like I was hurt. I had way more gigs than I had planned originally. Um, you know, so many COVID things came back online in 2022. I was gone more than even usual this year. We, I would say ramped it up, but I'm talking riding every other week on average. He ramped, um, it, ramped it up to every other week. Yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, he's never ridden two times in a week and back to back weeks. Our biggest streak is probably three weeks, like in his entire life. Like three weeks in a row is probably the most riding we've ever done. Um, but something this year, you guys are not parents, but anyone listening to this, it is. There's two things that every parent here will be nodding their head in agreement. A, you know the personality of your kids so well. You cannot change it. They are who they are. Um, and the development just happened. Like last year, he was so slow on a bike. It was crazy. This year, he just got way better. Just the difference between being seven and eight. Second of all, this is how you know the personality of your kids so well, and every parent will understand this. You just know them through and through. My kid, if it has a score, if it's competition, and he cannot, you cannot give him a stasic at three years old and say, here's a dirt field, go have fun. Nope, he will not do laps by himself. He will not shoot a basketball in the driveway by himself. He will not do the monotonous just going through the motions. But if you have another kid out there or you put a score on it, anytime a game is on TV, First thing he asks is, what's the score? Who are we rooting for? You have to make it interesting. Oh, he's, he's going to grow and up to be a gambling yeah. fiend. He's gonna... I mean, it is weird <laughs> like that. Like, the competition thing is nuts for him. So he just saw, he asked if he can race the Daytona race this year. And JT, I know you kept saying, like, so his first race he's ever going to do is Daytona. And the second <laughs> race he's ever going to do is the KJSC. Like, he's literally never raced a motocross race. <laughs> it, it, that is odd. That is odd. But. Yes. Again, this is where every parent will agree with me. You know your kids so well. There are a lot of kids that'd be like, dude, they're only X level of rider now. And then you add in the intimidation factor and the pressure and all that. Now we've got a problem. For whatever reason, he actually gets better in that environment. Like, dude, the start, I was kind of bummed because they did the start in reverse number order. He had the next to last outside gate pick because he was number two. And all he wanted was the whole shot because they said Wells Fargo was giving kids $100 a real hundred dollars for a whole shot. Can you imagine how much money that is to an eight-year-old? Oh God, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so all day he just kept saying, "I don't care where I finish, but I'm getting that whole shot." And I'm like, "Buddy, everyone on this gate has probably done a hundred starts in their life. You did two at Daytona. That's it." And he's like, "No, I'm getting that whole shot." So we did the fake start. I swear he got the best jump of anybody. He was on the outside gate. He started fourth that gate, and then he did it again in the main, fourteenth gate pick, fourth place start. He's never done starts. And watching the whole time, I'm like, dude, I've never seen him ride this well. This is, I've never seen him ride as he well. He was as good. Did. Yeah, he was good. Yeah, and he got, he was eighth and ninth in the two practice sessions, and then he was sixth in the main. You just know your kids. You just know their limits. You just know, like, he's so pumped to be in this competitive environment. He'll be, he'll make him better. A lot of people are worse, and this is what every team coach goes through. It right, you're trying. What buttons do you press? 
how do you get the most? Some people need less pressure. Some people need more. Some people need to yell at them. Some people need to compliment them. As a parent, everybody listening to this knows what I mean. You just know what makes your kids tick. And I just knew he will love this experience so much that it will make him ride better. And it did. I was, I really was afraid we were going to get 15th. And people would be like, Weege's kid sucks, just like Weege. Why is he even doing this? He's taking up a gate that they don't deserve. You should not do this event if you've never raced motocross, you know, weekly. And he was far from an embarrassment. I was pumped and excited. And uh, it really wasn't about me. Like, I just didn't want him to not have the experience to do it. But I wasn't sure he was ready. So, yeah, was it worth the $300? <laughs> That's the question. Yes, it was question. 300 bucks, which, did anyone ever know this? Uh, I didn't know that I until well, until Newfoundland's kids did it. I did not know they did it this year. I didn't know until right. uh, Friday night. Yep. You got to remember. Uh, for me, the experience is different. You know, if you're a dad, they do a good job really making quote unquote mechanic, which is the dad, a big part of this because there's a chance that this is as big a deal for them as it is for the kid. Obviously, for me, it's different. I get to go on track walk every week. I can talk to any rider I want every week. Getting free gear, thank you, JT, is not like a life changing thing. But for most people. 99.9% it is. So I cannot imagine how cool that is oh, uh, for them. Wow. And everyone's hurt right now, but, you know, they do make time for AP and Coop to go talk to these kids or give them high fives, you know, which is cool, right? Yeah, we got Voland. We got Voland. Okay, you got Voland. That's all we had. <laughs> right. We got Voland. And I got I got Roger DeCoster's autograph. He came out. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, yeah. But uh, if you're a parent, you know, the normal parent with a normal job that's not in the industry, that's unbelievable. It's unbelievable how good this is. And it was even better than I thought. The, the swag they got, and it's it was incredible. And um, my wife was totally won over. First of all, the wall jump was fine. Uh, he got six in the main, which was fine. And um, the overall experience was just unreal. I mean, they're part of opening ceremonies. Jet Lawrence high-fived them because he happened to be walking to the podium when they were on the track. The list goes on and on. So, yeah, it was worth $300. i will give it that. You know me, $300, I don't part with easily. Um, no, no. So, well, the gear alone—they give you all that gear you ride. I mean, that's more than where you—that's more than three hundred. So, so do, but for most people who have to pay for gear, yes, that's do, triple the value. JT, any contingency for Lane for helmet and boots, keeping the fly? Mm. Well, there was until that gear comment just now. So, just uh, oh, just I mentioned the wrong brand. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Hey, uh, personal endorsement. He—they gave him a TLD helmet. He said he would rather wear his fly helmet. Just saying. Yep. Also, um, um, also, yep. um, you sought out a Mr. Alessi on track walk. I did. I did. I'm like, if you're going to talk to anyone about a mini cycle race, <laughs> you go to the expert. Okay. Yep. All right. Okay. He was a little embarrassed that I kept saying that. That but, you kept uh, saying he's the expert. Oh, I'm like, Lane, you don't understand. This is the master right here. This is TA. This is the master. Right. Okay. He's a little sheepish about that. Right. Uh, talked to Budman, got a little advice from him. Oh, and the wall jump happened to be over there with Sexton. And I'm like, what are you thinking about this? Like, can these kids even do this? And he pointed out a uh, low line on the left side. Oh. And then I went back and reviewed the footage. A huge shout out to the TV crew. The middle of the day during race day live, the TV crew is using that as like rehearsal to cut cameras and make sure their angles are right and focused and colors and all that. So they actually used Lane. They followed him for the first two laps of practice and gave me that line cut, as they call it, in the TV business. And lo and behold, I'm like, hey, did you go left? That wall jump, like Sexton told you to do, he's like, "Yeah," and I'm like, "Jeez, man, dude!" Wow. And then you were you were interviewed by Daniel. Like, I'm sure some of the other parents were a little pissed off. Like, who is this guy? Like, why is he getting all the attention? 
you know. Well, I wanted, I was very adamant to not get any special treatment like that. I actually learned this way back. Mike LaRocco's kid was in it in Indy, dude, 06, I think. I think it was LaRocco's last race because he ended up getting hurt. And um, they wanted Mike to come out with his son in opening ceremonies. And Mike said, no, the other kids don't come out with a pro in opening ceremonies. My kid doesn't get special treatment. You got to, he's got to do the same thing. The other 15 do. Oh, wow. Um, the rock. Yeah. The rock coming I, in. Yeah, yeah. But I thought that was super classy. Right. And okay. That was 10, 12 years before I even had a kid or eight years before I had a kid. But I, yep. I never, I was like, okay, if that ever happens, that's the way you do it. And honestly, I think the dads are pumped. You know, they asked me some questions, some insider stuff. Um, no, I think they thought that was a positive. Any pulp fans? Uh, Any pulp pulp listeners in there? I was trying to shut them down as much as I could, because a lot of people will come up. JT, you get this also. You know, I love what you guys do, and I know that probably includes you two and the you guys. Um, so I try to shut that down as best I can. Okay, all right, fantastic. Usually, like, you don't mean Mathis, right? Like you, you mean me yeah. and JT, but not Mathis. Yeah. Right? Okay. All right. Fair enough. Fair <laughs> enough. Um, um, I don't. Have, yeah, it was great. I don't have a child, but I do think one day i pray and i hope that one day the bassett race the wiener dog races come back but they're including bassett okay. and <laughs> and i can bring augie and drop him in there and we can you know i did drop the gate on a wiener dog race once and that was top 10 moment of my career but i'd like to experience the same thing you did weech you sound very proud and i hope that one day they bring back bassett races so i'll be there not bring them back add them well, yeah, bring back the wiener yeah. dog races, but make yes. it eligible for all hound yeah. breeds. Yeah, yeah. But this is all him, dude. Like, it's his experience, and him doing well had nothing to do with me. It's just his mentality. But the final thing was, okay, he comes off the track. The TV crew's there. They want to see me hugging him, and he is not happy. Oh, because, he's pissed. Yeah. Yeah, because, again, we think of this as this amazing experience, but to the kids, it's just a darn race. Like, why did we only do three laps? I was catching fifth. I could have been top five. I could see third. And it was true. Like, they were only, I think, a second and a half between third and sixth. They all came in a three-lap race. It's always close, right? Um, he's like, I swear I was catching fifth. And I'm like, okay. I'm like, this was an experience. You didn't get last. You were top six. You need to be happy. It took him five minutes to cool off. But his immediate reaction was pissed off, like any other racer. Um, but then someone on Twitter is like, hey, you need to go look at these segment times. <laughs> So the last segment, which is the whoops, he actually had the fastest segment time of anyone. And it was on the last lap. And I'm like, wait, you really were catching fifth. Yeah. He's like, yeah, I was. I was doubling whoops. And I'm like, what? So it's just funny. He's got a little RJ in him. Sending it. Yeah, sending it. I only tell these stories not to brag about my own kid. I just know any parent listening to this, you feel like you have control. You try to have control. They are what they are. They do what they do. You can only do so much. And what ends up happening is all in their head, all in their body. And uh, you can only look back and just shake your head at it. You have no control over this. Like, that was all him. I thought it was ridiculous. What if I top five? What if I podium? What if I get the whole shot? I was catching fifth. I'm like, yeah, whatever, dude. Did, but did, that's what he said he was going to do. Did you make any friends with the parents who named their child Cadence with a K or Zaxton? Any 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 of this come up at all? Yeah, two Mavericks. There was a rider. Yeah, two Mavericks. Two Mavericks spelt differently. Uh, yeah, we had a rider, a jet. We checked all the boxes. You didn't know any of these, like the, like the Zaxton. Did you meet the Zaxton parents? Yeah, because they were North Carolina, so we hunted. Um, I'm regretting now. I should have just named my kid Jeff or Mike or well, I don't mean to say. I mean no. just 
I should have moved the most normal name possible to really drive the point home. Lane is fine. Lane's fine. That's not a crazy one? No. No, it's okay. just it, 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 Lane, you know, Lane Shaw. You know, they're, 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 it's spelt regularly. It's easy to figure out. It's a, it's a decent name. Yep, just not Zaxton. Zaxton's a video game. Is that a video game? Well, it's close. Um, wow, okay. what a what a weekend! Yeah, LCQ Challenge, live show in Lane Wygant, and then and then the, the the actual race. Yeah, and then the Tomac. Yeah, the actual race. Yeah, it, just nuts. Just lots of lots of soak in here <laughs> and uh, and talk about. And this we got, race is going to be referenced forever. I mean, we will talk about this Tomac thing in all not over till it's over points chases for the rest of time. That is a good point. We did the Moto 60 show on Thursday, and JT and I were basically like, this kind of sucks. We already know it's going to happen, you know, blah, blah, blah. And, yeah, I mean, we, you know, we're, we're guilty as charged where, yeah, anything can happen, and you're right. We will be like, remember? Remember 2023? You know, remember that? So, yeah, yeah, it, it's absolutely true and uh, shocking. Shocking turn of events for the Monster Energy Supercross Series and for the uh, outdoors. You know, like the Sexton, the Sexton Tomac jet battle. Cue the RV rubbing hands together for me. You know, like we'll we'll get we'll get our battles. Yeah, you know, but yeah, unbelievable. Don't forget Ferrandez. Don't forget Ferrandez. We have to mention his name for sure. But yes, this is a huge. These last three weeks, (laughs) Borsha Tomac Anderson Webb. Gosh. Speaking of RV, I saw a video. Uh, this week, he may or may not have jumped on a on a 250F in running shoes and a helmet and gone within, like, two seconds of Adam on an outdoor track. <laughs> I, swear, I saw the video. Like, yeah. Running shoes and a helmet. Unbelievable. What, what are we talking about? Like, Glen Helen or something? No, I don't know. Some outdoor track. Some sandy outdoor track. Or, like, track. a legit track. Yeah. Yeah. He was – yeah. I saw a video. He had, like I said, a monster helmet on and tennis shoes on a 250F. Flying. <laughs> so, yeah, just hilarious, right? So, <clears throat> good times. Uh, okay, what else? Anything? Can, can RV We're fill in for Tomac? What's that, Weech? Can RV fill in for Tomac? I don't know, yeah. Uh, we're on to Salt Lake. One more to go. Yeah, crazy, man. Just I'm still. I don't even know if we're capturing the nuttiness of this race in this podcast because I'm still. I feel like it's still sinking in a little bit. But yeah, just just nuts. Um, and yeah, so no Tomac this weekend. Maybe Nichols is out. Probably not, but maybe. And then we got privateers heaven, Salt Lake City, Utah Sports Commission. Catch the fever. I was wondering, uh, watching opening ceremonies in the stands, which I don't know if I've ever actually done because mm-hmm. that's what we were assigned to do. Dude, what are opening ceremonies <laughs> this, this upcoming weekend? Who's in? Well, we have a Grant Harlan video coming. <laughs> we have a Starling video. Like, who, who is Cade? Yeah. Freddie? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they just show a collection of Freddie's greatest hits, and he rolls out. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. How about Kiefer showing up and catching a late flight and missing the mains? How about that? Unbelievable. Oh, he flew home. He flew home. He missed the mains. Oh, my God. It's It's unbelievable. Yeah. So, oh my God! Good times. All right, uh, Fly Racing Racer X podcast. That is the uh, Denver review, and uh, we good job with Lane. Good job. He did.
did a whole lot better than I ever would have done. He did not embarrass me. He made our name look good. And huge thanks to KTM for doing it. And we all took this program for granted. We all know what it is. But when you actually experience it, it's pretty nuts. I had been saying all weekend, no other sport has this. But then Chase Stella said, no, that's not true. The NFL has like eight-year-old flag football at halftime all the time. And then they meet the players in the locker room. And I'm like, okay, well, forget that. <laughs> no, it was did good. you know that? I did not know that. Uh, yeah, there's a video of Andy Reid looking pretty much exactly like he does now as an eight-year-old on the field. Mustache. Yeah, you got you got okay. Google it. Google it. I'm seriously, okay. it's hilarious. Um, all right. Uh, thanks for listening, everybody. JT Weege. Thanks, boys. See you. This has been the Fly Racing Steve Mathis Show presented by Maxxis Tires, Renthal, Motorsport.com, and Kuba Links on RacerXOnline.com. Thanks for listening and supporting our partners.